It is Thursday, August 4th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And joining us today to talk Texans is Stephanie Stradley, a longtime contributor to the Houston Chronicle Texans coverage, as well as a lawyer in real life. You can follow her on Twitter, at Steph Stradley. Steph, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. I always like to help fantasy football people make money. <laughs> thank you. Perfect. That's what we like to do, too. <laughs> I, I would imagine that when you started writing about the Texans, you wouldn't have dreamed how important it would be to both combine being a lawyer and a Texans follower as it has been the past couple of years. Huh? You know, it was actually one of those things that my original editor had no idea that I was a lawyer. And then, you know, I guess the, the personal conduct po- policy, I think, went into to being in 2006. And then it became something that a lot of people cared about because games, it meant people miss games. And, and, you know, it was a big point of emphasis for the NFL because they were having a lot of high profile things that were making people mad and they wanted to know what to do about it. They didn't think that the criminal system went quite far enough. So they were going to come up with their own form of justice. And it's been fairly up and down since then. So, you know, I, I don't like to write about it, but I do realize that there is a place for that. And I like to help fans kind of understand things because there's there's legal brain and then there's real human being brain. And I'm trying to like get that all. <laughs> a lot of legal stuff doesn't make sense even to me. So I'm guessing that a lot of it doesn't make sense to other people. And I, well, that, I like doing explainers. That's the trickiest part of our job, I think, the legal stuff here. You know, I mean, we obviously have the Deshaun Watson stuff, the Alvin Kamara stuff. Like, we're trying to figure out where all that's going to land as far as the season goes. So, And the hard part about that is, obviously, there's people that have a lot of attention to it. But um, as we just heard from the Tony Busby presser that just happened, sometimes those discussions leave the humanity of the participants out of the discussion. That... People accused of things should be able to be able to hear all the facts told. And the people that are not public figures should have their humanity respected as well and to be heard as well. And, you know, it's it's ironic that the two things that the Watson side and the women probably agree on is that this process that they're currently experiencing doesn't have the full set of facts in front of them. And, and it's hard because really we have to keep humanity at the center of it and it's really easy to get into an kind of embrace debate sports talk when we technically do not know all the facts but the facts we know are very concerning Mm -hmm. yeah certainly concerning facts all around in this one fortunately it's not really an issue for the texans on the field this year so we can turn away from that stuff and focus on the on-field stuff that's actually going to affect our fantasy drafts and to start out what are the biggest differences that you're seeing so far between last year's offense, which had Tim Kelly running it this year's offense, which is going to be under Pep Hamilton? It's, it's amazing, really. I mean, not, not to denigrate Tim Kelly too much, but, you know, cause he was put in the position that he was put in, but he really didn't have a solid offensive background. Like he was on the staff with Bill O'Brien um, coming from like being a graduate assistant at 
Penn State kind of thing. So, and he didn't really have a very strong background of installing offenses. And I think one of the reasons why they try to keep him around and, you know, I've heard things is that they thought that maybe Deshaun Watson would be coming back and, and Watson had a familiarity with Tim Kelly. And, you know, frankly, I can see why people like Tim Kelly. It was just the Bill O'Brien offense was never efficient in all the years in all the quarterbacks he ran it under, including number four. They were never top 10 in efficiency in the league. And if you have an offensive minded head coach who can't put an offense on the, on the field, that is a strength of the team. Even when you have the quarterback, then you have a problem. Well, Fast forward, Pep Hamilton, he was the quarterback coach last year. People had great things to say about him. Davis Mills um, didn't, you know, performed as one of the best rookies last year, despite not being, you know, the top round picks. And he has a lot of the characteristics that you would like to see in your starting quarterback. That's one of the things that I talked about a little bit in my pinned tweet on my um, Twitter page. So, there's a lot of things that we've heard so far in camp that are very positive for Pep Hamilton offense. And in some ways, you know, you've seen the situation where you get a new offensive coordinator and then all of a sudden an offense, even with a lot of the same players, looks a lot better. Imagine, imagine that. So, you know, the things that we're hearing about and the things that we're seeing is that it's very diverse offense that they, um, you know, we hear and, and I actually, I asked this question for you guys. Like I, I pick my spots to ask fantasy football questions without it being obvious that I'm doing it. <laughs> but, but like, you know, there was a lot of people that were hearing Lovey Smith, the head coach say, you know, you know, we're going to commit to the run, commit to the run. Well, to a lot of people, that means a plotting offense. That's going to be terrible. You know, we're going to run on first down. We're going to run on second down and then we're going to have third and long and punt, you know, that, that's what a lot of people translate. So instead of just wondering what is meant by that, I asked Pep Hamilton and what he said is we're really looking at balance, that it's good for the whole offense to be able to run the ball, which they have not done. They've had a lot of, a lot of carries, but not very efficient carries. And so one of the priorities for the team is, can we run the ball? And I think part of it is having the offensive line, work with the offense that you're playing because if you don't have the protections right it doesn't matter what the scheme is it has to kind of work in concert so at least the offensive linemen are saying that this is easier for them to process at the line that they don't have to think as much and we'll see I mean we're not going to really know what this offense is until they are playing actual football as opposed to you know (laughs) we're playing around in pads but I mean I have I don't want to say I'm a bad football expert because that looks bad on me, but <laughs> I'm an expert on bad football after 20 years. Excellence, <laughs> Like I have, I seen some good stuff. Sure. Have I seen some very, very dreadful quarterback play? Yes, I have. This, as I mentioned in my pin tweet is the most interesting off season I've seen since 2011. Like you might say that when they brought Watson in, but that was kind of a quirky camp, you know, because we thought, Tom Savage is the starter. So that's kind of a weird camp. This looks professional in ways that last year's camp did not look professional. The practices have purpose. There's not the defense 
you know, being really strong in the offense, being weak or vice versa. Like they, they pick their spots. Sometimes the offense looks good. Sometimes the defense looks good, which is what you want, right? You know, it, it shows that there's actual competition. Now we have to see it on the field, but they have, they're trying to put the things in place. Lovey Smith is an experienced head coach. They didn't have that last year. Nick Casario is an experienced GM. He's picking a whole roster, not just pick parts and pieces and trying to make it work together. Like he's trying to put a whole roster together. And, you know, there have been years where the Texans have had stars and definitely not stars. And, you know, there's that view that, that you're better off having a roster that has a lot of solid people. And, you know, obviously, you know, there are stars, but they kind of make themselves with their play together. And I think that's the approach that they're taking and the, the approach that they had to kind of take given where they were with the cap and what they see their future is. And I think that they really want Davis Mills to succeed with a running game, with the coaching he's getting. And, you know, if they can make that happen, then that means that all the draft picks that they have next year can be spent on other parts of the team to put around him. Because once you have the quarterback in place, it makes it's like the easy button. Mm-hmm. That's encouraging stuff. And you, you mentioned the O-line. Um, you know, they yeah. were missing what well, they missed Laramie Tunzel for, I think it was 12 games last year. Hopefully he's back healthy this oh, year. He's, he's looking great. Awesome. Yeah. And they, they added uh, Kenyon Green. I assume he's going to start for them, their first round rookie. So that O-line, it was bad last year. I could see it being, you know, an average O-line this year, which would be a big upgrade. Um, yeah. I mean, like literally, I think if they would have had even average offensive play last year, they could have done some things because that defense last year, you could see the potential in it. Like I thought they were going to be horrible because of just, you know, what the roster looked like. But I thought, I, I thought while watching them that they played ahead of that. And I think part of, part of last year is what happens to any defense that has an offense that's not is struggling, which is if you're on the field too long, you just get worn down and you fall apart. How about this backfield? I think um, Damian Pierce, Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, probably all in the mix for playing time. How how has that looked so far in camp as far as you know, who's running with the ones? And then how do you expect it to play out this season? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is just how fast do the younger players progress because they want to make sure that anybody who, whether it's running back or wide receiver or tight end, can do things when they don't have the ball. Like, you know, I know it's kind of boring to talk about blocking fantasy football people, but I mean, <laughs> in real football, they really care about those things and they're going to reward the players that do all the little things with playing time. Last year, they were kind of down on playing rookies very much. Like they were very much like we respect the vets. We want to play the vets. And then later as the season progressed, they finally got the rookies in. I don't think that they have the bias that strongly this year. I think it's just like they want it to be, hey, if you're out there, we don't want to even know that you're rookie. You just take care of your business. I think also just like if you're looking over the whole view of things, like the starting temperature of training camp at 8 a.m., the feels like temperature is usually like 90. And so it's a hard camp to get through. I think that generally I think they're going to, you know, have packages for different running backs and then kind of, you know, spell them, which is not very fun from y'all's perspective, but volume. But sometimes whoever is going to be the player that kind of sticks out is going to be the guy that stays healthy because it's very, it's a hard camp to stay healthy through. I'd also kind of keep my ear open for like what's happening during the rest of training camp and into games, 
because every once in a while you'll have that player where you're like, this is the guy. Like I made people money in the past with Arian Foster because in camp, you know, like they're all, there's, you know, you, they just got Ben Tate and like, don't care. This guy does all the things that Kubiak wants his, his running backs to do. And it was obvious in camp that he was going to be a guy. I think this year, and this is another question I asked for y'all. I asked, okay, what is, you know, what, is, what do you expect your, your running backs to do catching the ball? And there's like, yes, we expect any running back that's going to be on the field to be able to catch the ball. Like that is going to be part of what we do. And if you watch what they're doing on the field, without getting myself in trouble saying any specifics <laughs> I'm not supposed to say, they are using the running backs in the way that the best teams use running backs on offense. So I'm very curious to like this. I'm very excited about seeing what this is because, you know, there's been times in the past where you see the coaches, you see what scheme they're running, you see the roster composition. You're like, they're going to need a lot of breaks this year. I'm pretty intrigued with it. And, and part of that is, you know, can Davis Mills stay healthy and learn through the course of 17 games? And it's all going to be really, you know, can he stir the drink? And, you know, he showed moments last year that give you enough that you want to watch more. Has any of those running backs stood out for even a, a portion so far beyond, ahead of the others? You know, the funny thing about that is I've looked, I don't really see that. Like I see, you know, each of them contributing in the ways that, they do. I've asked around to other people, you know, who maybe have their own biases on running back play and people say different names. I think that is just a reflection of each of those guys can contribute if they're given the opportunity. And it's hard to know if all of them, you know, all of them have a chance or if it's just all of them are going to be bad. I mean, it's really hard to tell, you know, when you're practicing in pads because you're not really, you know, taking people to the ground so it, there's no there's no Arian Foster in camp this year so far <laughs> I mean some people some people are very high on Damian Pierce particularly in the red zone but th he's gonna have to show he does everything like you mm -hmm. and but like rookies can contribute and mm -hmm. you know clearly they're high on him because they drafted him and there's lots of people that like this particular draft for the Texans so uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see it because <clears throat> I don't know how it's going to, I don't know how this is a surprise year for me. Like last year, I was pretty certain how that was going to go. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and, and actually had they had better offensive play that actually could have been a, a team that would have been more interesting, but we don't want to talk about last year because that was bad. <laughs> and so was the year before. And we're just not going to talk about this. <laughs> I got should we be mentioning Dario Gunbuale's name more? I mean, we talked about yeah. the, the main three, but is it, it seems contractually, if you just look at the money that's being yeah. paid to these guys, he's right in that mix too. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a big point. Like I over-listen to press conferences in ways that um, probably are not healthy. <laughs> and Lovey will make a point of, like somebody will ask, well, what about this guy? And he will make a big point of saying, all of our running backs need to do this because I really think that they're just looking at tape, seeing what they want, seeing what they want to do, and then picking. And then I think part of it is going to be watching the players during the preseason. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, they're just really trying to get some tape down and know what they have. And there's just so many new parts. It's kind of hard to look like I'm really impressed with some of the players on both sides of the ball that are not name players, but they look solid. And I think, I mean, just deducing it from like the moves that are done. I think that the way that Nick Casario is putting this team together is he's seeing a leverage opportunity with vets that have been in the league a couple of years, maybe didn't have the opportunities where they were before, or they're coming off of injuries and going, okay, we're going to give you an opportunity show us what you can do. Because a lot of the league is just about opportunity and not getting hurt at the wrong time. Because if you get hurt during training camp, you might be a great player, but if you're not available, you might not get the opportunity to show what you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it certainly looks like a situation set up to be a true committee, which is bad for us in fantasy, but could <laughs> be very good for the Texans. You, you just you, you could never know. But I will say, you know, Pep is saying the things that people say that you want to do ideally with your offense, which is put a bunch of points on the board and then run it down the, at the end of the game to shorten the game. Like that's mm-hmm. the way he's talking. So. You know, there's going to be volume. There's going to be volume. Now, how much volume, I think, will depend on if the offense is actually good or if they get, you know, down in game. Well, certainly a big point of whether they can score those points is that passing game. And we've seen Nico Collins, who flashed a bit as a rookie and obviously enters as a big player with lots of athleticism. There's been some buzz from him in this camp. How big a role do you think we can expect from Nico Collins in his second pro season. Okay, this is my own biases. I think that when you have a young quarterback, it's really nice to have a big target. Like, you know, Brandon Cooks is gonna go off. Like he's he's done very well with a variety of quarterbacks and he is full on wide receiver. He's not just an athlete, he is wide receiver. He runs routes in ways that are very difficult to cover. Uh, and he's not a big guy, but the rest of the guys that they have on their roster, you know, in the non-slot positions are big guys, like just eyeballing them. You're like, okay, tight end or wide receiver. <laughs> and Nico is one of those big body guys. And, and you can see the potential there, especially in the red zone. So that's one of the reasons why people are like, Hey, keep an eye out on him because he's a really good target in the red zone. And at least in camp, and it's a very short period of time so far, I mean, he's caught some balls in traffic. Like, I don't think he's going to be the guy that runs away from anybody, but, you know, he's going to body some, you know, 5'10 defensive backs. And, and even, like, the Texans, they have, they have a pretty interesting group of defensive backs that are, you know, fairly long and fast backs. And um, – but Nico can – make it a little difficult on people and you know but they have some like they have a lot of solid players that they're trying to work in the mix and it's just going to be okay let's have some hard decisions when it comes down to cut down like I think that's kind of the the point of view that they're taking how about the tight end room I saw Lovey Smith called Farrah Brown the team starter a couple days ago you know sometimes that can be in title only like he's going to be on the field for the first play of the game we in fantasy care about who's going to be catching the passes do you think it's going to be Farrah Brown or is it going to be Brevin Jordan or someone else yeah, I mean, I like Farrah Brown uh, in gameplay. I'm not sure how reliable he is as, you know, when the ball comes his way. But, I mean, he's had definitely moments. But I think it's hard to listen to the pressers and know what's going to happen because they will definitely defer 
to veterans. Like they value vet players. They understand that the younger players need to earn it. Like that is something that is a fundamental view of, of this coaching staff. That said, I can see why people like Brevin Jordan. And I think that they're going to have a lot of tight ends on the field. So, you know, there's going to be spots and, and I think it's going to take a little bit of time before they know fully who they are as, as an offense. But like when we were allowed to talk to position coaches, I actually specifically asked the tight end coach about <laughs> fantasy football. Thank you. It wasn't, it wasn't on camera. So I, I felt, you know, like sometimes they get real mad if you're like, nobody's <laughs> fantasy football teams. Like, I don't care about your fantasy football team. But because I don't know about fantasy football, I think it's a lot of, a lot of it's going to be matchup and a lot of it is just going to be how our offense evolves. But I mean, they recognize that at least the fan base is really bored with their yeah. lack of production. You know, because there was a lot of years that it's been the defense is carrying the team and the offense is just trying not to turn the ball over. And that is like about the most boring, losing way <laughs> to play football. And I think they recognize that they really do need to have a complete NFL team, something that looks like an NFL offense. Mm-hmm. Robin Jordan's like a, you know, he's undersized he's almost you know wide receiver sized do you because i mean the texans need to replace john mechie now um do you think yeah. jordan can do some of that stuff that they were hoping mechie could do from the slot not not really i mean first of all um brandon cooks can line up anywhere like he's yep. professional you know with capital p uh they have a number of smaller wide receiver side uh, wide receivers that are kind of just working through different things. So we'll see who ends up being the guys with the slot. I think a lot of it's going to be listen to who they're talking about, about their contributions on, on special teams and who is doing receiver or, um, you know, receiving punts and, and so forth, just because and kickoffs, just because they value that, you know, the special teams contributions. So whatever wide receivers, are kind of in the slot position. It may be those guys that also can contribute on special teams. And so you kind of listen to what they're saying about who's succeeding that way. And I don't see that being like, you know, the smaller receivers being like the high production guys, just because I, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. Like they've, there's so many different players that have gotten targets during camp and they're really putting together tape and, I mean, you can talk yourself into anything like this is this is the wild frontier. <laughs> I will tell you the projected strength of schedule, which, of course, is different than what it ends up being, is actually pretty good for the Texans. It's mm-hmm. it's like they have one of the easier schedules in the league. The AFC South is kind of yeah. a show. So there may be some matchup opportunities just because they play within the AFC South. And it's been kind of a joke. <laughs> So you're saying it's okay for me to go ahead and write a mental story where Chris Moore becomes a, a star this year and, and actually, actually, you joke, you you throw the ball at Chris Moore, he's not he's not dropping it like he's mm-hmm. been pretty money. So yeah, I mean, big body, Chris Moore, if he gets if he gets the ball, 
He's a guy that I always want to keep in mind because he has had those flashes. He just never yeah. gets enough targets to be relevant for us. But he's a guy I don't I don't want to forget what roster he's yeah. on. Well, and the other part of that is literally it could be one of those things that where Pep Hamilton puts in like a proper NFL scheme and all of a sudden <laughs> the Texans are fire. Like I don't Am I predicting that to happen? I don't know, but is it within the realm of probabilities? Yeah, like he's had experience. Like they have experience coaching on the offensive side of the ball. <laughs> it's it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And you can see all of the experience on Lovey Smith's chin. Um, so <laughs> yeah. now that we've got the offense out of the way for people who think that they play fantasy, let's get some defensive questions for the people who are really playing full fantasy. And the first is, who should I expect to play full-time snaps at linebacker? Christian Kirksey, I would assume, is the top candidate there. But is anybody going to join him as a, a full-time player? They have some candidates. I mean, if you look at that whole group, it's like Nick Casario went to Costco and <laughs> just said, hey, Lovey, what do you need? And got a bunch of really fast, smart guys kind of of the same, same, like, same role. So, like, mm-hmm. we're going to get to see. I don't know yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish I could tell you, but, like, there's some opportunities there. You just have to keep listening because I'm still watching and I'm like, okay, this is I don't know. I'd like to tell you. And when you read some of the reports of different people, they all have different opinions because I think it's 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 not obvious, but it's not obvious not in a bad way. It's it's not obvious in a competition way, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, and I would rather have you say I don't know than to guess and to yeah. try to guess with confidence. So if they've got you know they're they've got their jug of animal crackers, they got their jug of linebackers. I'm okay with just shaking it and seeing what falls out. There you go. Um, the other specific player I want to know about, though, is what kind of a role we might expect from second round pick Jalen Petrie. I think he's going to be the dude. I mean, everybody loves him. His nose is in everything. Uh, his role in Baylor was pretty amazing. Um, Lovey Smith seems to be really intrigued about what he can do more with the offense or the defense this year. Like, you know, he, he gets real kind of, he doesn't ever get edgy, but he doesn't put up with stuff and he will just tell you that in a nice way, which is refreshing. <laughs> he doesn't like people go, Oh, y'all are, you know, cover two, da, da, da. You know, like, he's like, look, we do what we can do with the personnel that we have and we've gotten more personnel. So, just watch us. And, you know, at least um, Football Outsiders has the predictions where they think that the defense is going to be about 15th in the league. And part of that comes from their projections that uh, defenses that add some quality free agents and good rookies can see a lot of improvement all at once. Mm-hmm. So he's a player that, you know, if, if he stays healthy, which is always the question with pretty much everybody in a, in a violent sport, he could be a difference maker. I think that they, they're wanting that. They want that to happen. And he wants it to happen. You know, all the discussions is like, well, he's not like a rookie, which is what you want to hear from somebody mm-hmm. who has such a key part of a defense. 
You think he starts at safety next to Eric Murray? Yeah. Nice. Yes. Yeah. That is what we were looking for. She is in her 16th year of writing about the Texans for the Houston Chronicle. She is at <laughs> Steph Stradley on Twitter. Hey, that is nothing to be ashamed about because I've been doing this fantasy stuff for 20 now. So we uh, it. that's what helps us know what we're talking about. It's not bad that we've been doing it for so long. It's good that we've got that much experience, just like Lovey Smith. Yeah, yeah. Stephanie Stradley, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us today. Anytime. You can head to DraftSharks.com right now to find every episode of this Team Insider series as well as every other episode of the podcast. While you're there, become a DS Insider to take full advantage of all the tools and content, including our early round bust, our team-by-team backfield breakdowns that dropped this week. For our guest, Stephanie Stradley, for Jared Small and the entire DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.